Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday. Big show for you tonight. We have some great special guests. Matt Buff here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Check us out on thebuffshow.com. Click on the Rumble link. And also on the Patriot Podcast Network for full show information and for extended interviews that you're going to see tonight with Scotty Moore, congressional candidate. Also, Judge Andrew Napolitano is here and David LeGates is here to talk about the climate change hoax. So much good stuff on AM 950, FM 94.9 FM, The Answer. Great bunch of reactions to the Twitter takeover of Elon Musk's we're going to dive into that right now. My goodness, MSNBC. Donnie Deutsch, first, before we go into On Brand, your thoughts on Elon Musk taking yeah, over simple, Twitter. Simple equation. I, I don't know. To me, when the, the richest guy in the world takes over the most important social media platform, that's just not a winning formula to me. It reminds me of old Bond movies where, you know, Dr. Evil and guys like that or oh. Goldfinger were, were going to take over the media. Uh, I, I just, it, my tummy meter says there's something just not great about this. Oh, your tummy meter doesn't like Dr. Evil? Dr. Evil. In a little while, you'll notice that the Kreplakistani warhead has gone missing. If you want it back, you're going to have to pay me one million dollars. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a lot of money these days, Dr. Evil. Sorry. One hundred billion dollars. Oh. Gentlemen, silence. <laughs> That's what Donnie Deutsch says. He's like Dr. Evil. I will pay fifty million dollars for fifty billion dollars for Twitter. Yeah, Elon Musk is like Dr. Evil because he wants to bring back free speech. Oh my goodness, if we don't have moderated content, we can't survive, right, Libs? Are you concerned about the rise of American fascism? Well, today, you can be more concerned. Uh, it's almost certain that with this move, Trump is going to come back to social media. Oh my goodness. If Trump comes back, the world has ended. What have we done? The world is over. Oh, no. I mean, this has so many horrific implications. I'm not even sure where to start, to be completely honest yeah. with you. you there is a problem with this idea of free speech, and that is, where is the limit? Free there is a problem with free speech, isn't there, buddy? Because if conservatives are allowed to talk... We might be looking like fools as liberals. Speech has the ability to incite some really horrific and hateful things. Like, for instance, an insurrection. Oh, like an insurrection that the FBI said wasn't an insurrection. Hey, let those people out, by the way. They haven't had their day in court. What's wrong with you, Congress? But if we have free speech, it can be hateful. Oh, like Black Lives Matter talking about white people. Oh, my goodness, like the left talking about Trump and conservatives and the name-calling and the hateful speech from those guys? Oh, that's different. We're talking about conservative speech, like, you know, pro-life issues and Dr. Fauci needing to be put in jail and the uh, NIH and the origins of COVID and the Hunter Biden laptop and all that. Oh, my goodness, that's so hateful. If this owns oh, Twitter, oh. the world is going to be a much worse place. I mean, it's not just him. This is a problem across social media, but certainly this isn't making the problem better. Anyway, I imagine there's going to be a mass exodus from Twitter. Oh, good. Back Newsweek even posted how to delete your Twitter account an hour ago. 
Yay! So wait a minute. You're telling me that because Elon Musk buys Twitter, there's going to be a mass exodus of liberals? Man, Twitter sounded great right now. I didn't have a Twitter account ever until I joined this app to go and look at news and stuff. So it's not that bad, you know, not having one. I just have a very strong feeling that the extremism on the right is going to get more significant after this. Anyways, okay, bye. Oh, yeah, you're a smart fella. So the fascism is coming back, he says. Fascism would be coming to Twitter. Isn't content moderation and the elimination of speech and the deletion of accounts you disagree with? Doesn't that sound more like fascism? Somebody coming in and buying this saying we want more free speech? Oh, I don't get it. That doesn't seem like fascism at all. Raise your hand if this is like the best news you heard all day. This is an older one when uh, Trump got banned off Twitter. I wanted to give you an insight to what liberals think about real fascism. Elon Musk is no longer the largest shareholder. This is awesome news. I know the only reason he wants to get on Twitter is because he wants to put Trump back on Twitter. And we can't let that happen. I've been able to news you heard all day. Elon Musk is no longer the largest shareholder. This is awesome news. I know the only reason he wants to get on Twitter is because he want to put Trump back on Twitter. And we can't let that happen. No. I've been able to sleep so much better after he has been gone off Twitter. You sleep better because Trump is off Twitter? That affected your life so much? I don't follow the Ayatollah or Vladimir Putin or Joe Biden on Twitter. But if I did, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. Sometimes I laugh at their tweets because I know Joe Biden didn't write that. Somebody else did. It's way too eloquent of a tweet. But you're telling me that these guys bother you so much that you lose sleep? How many of you guys agree with me? None. Honestly, with Trump's Twitter content gone, the world has been a better place. I'm able to smell the roses. So this is actually a good thing. You're able to smell the roses? I don't think that's roses you're smelling. <laughs> Oh, she's so happy that tw that Trump is gone. This lady now that found out that Elon Musk made a full purchase of Twitter, I bet her mind and head is spinning, spinning right now, spinning out of control. What are we going to do? Oh, no, Trump's coming back. <laughs> we can't have Trump come back. That would be a natural disaster. That would be something that we just can't handle. My heart palpitations are out of control. Oh, no. What can we do? CNN takes a more standard approach, I guess. Reeling after the loss of CNN Plus, by the way. They couldn't figure out why. Why did we lose CNN Plus? Oh, yeah, because it sucked. Nobody wanted to subscribe to it. Why would they pay for your garbage they don't want to watch for free? Boom, CNN Plus, dumb. So here comes Brian Steltzer after a day-old donut. Who knows? I, I think that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you, uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody. Oh, no, freedom. We can't have freedom. Watch for the term moderation, by the way. Moderation means liberal control over your speech. We can't have freedom, not whatsoever. Do you actually want to go to that party? Or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Moderation. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? No, no, you're right. Yes, and you what, what happens to the advertising? I mean, if there's no moderation or little moderation, do the right. advertisers stay away?
Yeah, do the advertisers stay away? If there's no moderation, do the advertisers stay away? No, you just go get new advertisers. New advertisers that respect free speech. All right? Conservative Grounds might be a sponsor, an advertiser on Twitter now. You might actually get real advertisers that want to participate in this. Oh, what are going to happen to the advertisers? You're not moderating speech. And advertisers say, I don't want to be part of that. What does that do to the, the business prospects for Twitter itself? All I right. think that's very much an... That is very much a problem. Who knows? I, I think that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you... Uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? Or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea. Yeah, some might love the idea, but as we heard from the liberals before, I had to play that again for you because it was just so interesting. It was just so interesting how... They say this is a party a lot of people don't want to go to where you have free speech. This is in America, by the way. And as you heard before from some of the lefties on the show tonight and from you heard probably watching and going through Twitter all day today, they're losing their minds and they're leaving in droves. It's going to be great for the rest of us. It's going to be great. But you know what? I'm with Elon Musk. No matter how much you hate me or how much you disagree with me, I don't want you to leave. I think debate is a great thing. A debate between and hearing different views is a great thing. Now, you debate the buff show, you lose. But that doesn't mean we can't have the discussion and the debate. There's not a law that forbids Twitter from having Donald Trump on. That was a company choice, uh, a company policy chance. I suspect those policies are going to change. Uh, when reading through the lines of this press release, the board decided it had to take this offer. The board did not want to take this offer necessarily. I, they looked for other buyers of every indication. They now have to hand over the keys to Elon Musk unless there's a snag. I do suspect we're going to see politicians who were booted off get back on. Whether that's actually a good thing for Donald Trump, Completely different question. Yeah. Whether it's actually a positive for him to be back on Twitter, completely different Why? question. That is a good thing for Donald Trump to be back on Twitter. I know what he said he didn't want to because he's married to True Social right now, but come back to Twitter, man. I think he had like 65 million some odd followers. If they make Twitter great again, you can be on True Social and Twitter again. It's great for the campaign, right, Chick from CNN? Why wouldn't it just be a positive? He would, he would to have him back in the news cycle for, around for him the world. To be, no, meaning for him, why wouldn't it be positive for him to oh. be back to have a huge megaphone to maybe run for president with his huge megaphone? This would be a plus for Donald Trump. You could also make the case that Donald Trump suddenly be back in the news, very visible in a way that he hasn't been, oh, would no. remind people of exactly why he was. Um, uh, why he lost his election and why he's uh, why he was booted from office. So look, who knows? I, I think that's a, a that's a that's a, a, an example of a broader question for Twitter. Donald Trump's not allowed to have a, a, an opinion on the election. In fact, the world's a better place without Donald Trump here talking about stuff. We can't be CNN and do our thing with Donald Trump's talking about stuff. You know, they got bigger fish to fry with Hunter's laptop and the border and the wars and all this other stuff. But the whole thing with the left today is, oh, my goodness, Donald Trump might be coming back to Twitter. Well, you make sure you stay with us on the Buff Show. We're going to dive into this a whole lot more. We'll be back right after this. Yeah. 
Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy Hour Drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour, then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show. Get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game, and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you guys with us on this Tuesday. A lot of great things happening in our country when it comes to Twitter and Elon Musk and the uh, the judges doing great things. Like uh, Trump, Trump's still around, I guess, because his judges are doing great things when it comes to a little bit of border security and uh, all the uh, things with the pipelines. Good stuff. But we got a long ways to go, and it is our big election season and the primaries are coming up fast. Let's go to Scotty Moore, U.S. Congress, Congressional District 9 candidate, an American yes. first candidate. Scotty, welcome back to the Buff Show. Great to have you. I love being on the Buff Show. Thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to be here once again. And hello to everyone listening around the nation, maybe even around the world. So it's great that you're tuning in. Thank you so much. Well, we've had some great feedback uh, from people in Maine yesterday. Some some friends of the show in Maine. So we're we're far reaching on the Buff Show, Scotty. But Patriots we, all around, my friend. They're listening in. They're finally hearing some voices that are speaking their language. Yeah, that's right. They're like, where are they? I mean, where do we go now that CNN Plus is gone? Nobody saw that one coming, did they, Scotty? Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's uh. We, yeah, and so we need more of that. We need more of uh, those things going away and Twitter, the takeover, and, and free speech being protected. The left is having a meltdown, by the way, on that. So, Oh, yeah, man. When we talk about the liberal sheep on this show. They're all saying, Elon Musk, why don't you put that money into philanthropy? Why don't you give it to us? Why don't you give the money to us so we can just live off what you've done, all the hard work you've done instead of buying up Twitter? Twitter was fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was right. rot. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, until and now they're worried about their voices being censored. You know, it's funny. They don't like being censored when they're censored, but they're fine with censoring others. The hypocrisy 
is so thick, it's crazy, right? Isn't it? And uh, by the way, they want the money. Well, Elizabeth Warren, she can't tax Elon Musk enough. I mean, there's never enough taxes that they can get because they always want more. They always do. They always want more. And then they want to control the speech, Scotty. They want to control it. And they want to say regulation is what we need. That's what Jen Psaki said. Now we're going to be looking at regulating Twitter from the federal government because we can't have conservatives saying that uh, climate change is a hoax. We can't have conservatives say that COVID fear is a hoax. We can't have uh, conservatives say lock up Fauci and investigate Hunter Biden and the Bidens. We can't have people saying that stuff. we got to shut them down so we can continue to maintain power, Scotty. It's yeah, just them right. looking out for their own power. Yeah, it's 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 federal overreach, government overreach uh, to the max. Uh, and by the way, they're the ones who say we know what's best. Let us regulate and we will do what we think is best. And by the way, we'll take all your money. We'll give it away for free. We'll do this. We'll keep charging you money. And then they go down the, the whole thing of you won't own. You'll just rent and you'll love it. You won't eat meat. It's the great reset. It's the, the global reset, what they're trying to do. They're speaking with one language. Uh, you know, the federal government was never meant to, to have unelected bureaucrats kind of with this amount of power and overreach. And, and, and not only that, but they continue to take more. They want more. It's never enough. And, you know, no matter what, I just posted a video on my social media at Scotty Moore for Congress on Facebook. But you can check me out on Facebook on Scotty Moore for Congress dot com. But I just posted a video where Anthony Fauci is talking about how you don't need a flu shot if you've already been infected. But it's funny how the hypocrisy is so thick. And that's just kind of what it is. They take the narrative. They push it. They want control. Dangerous. That's what it is. Yeah, it is dangerous. Scotty, tell everybody that's new to the show about your candidacy. You're running up against Darren Soto. Talk about your candidacy and Darren Soto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm an America first patriot. I got into this. I worked uh, for 21 years uh, for a Christian nonprofit. I was doing leadership training, leadership development, teaching, training, equipping people. I lived in Brazil for six years. My wife's Brazilian. I traveled all around South America. So I speak Portuguese. Eu falo português fluentemente. I also speak what I call a portuñol. I'm a combinación de español y portugués, right? It's kind of like Spanglish, but portugués and español. And I really got into this because if you look at a picture here of my two daughters, you'll see that there, Isabella's 14, Sophia's 11, and their future matters. And their future kids, my future grandkids, matter as well. What kind of country are we heading towards? And as I was thinking through what's happening, and I'm looking at the, the agenda and the direction that we're being pushed into with CRT, with textbooks all of a sudden having a, an agenda being pushed on them, with Disney World pushing an agenda, with abortion being widespread, trying to push this up until birth and in some cases after, I'm looking at this and I'm saying we're heading down a very dangerous direction and we need to stop this. And as I talk to people, guess what they said? Are you sure you want to get into politics? It's pretty dangerous, and dirty and scummy. And I said, listen, if good people don't rise up and fill that space, who fills the void? And guess what? We're already seeing it. And so I'm currently running against the Democrat, Darren Soto, who votes 100 percent of the time with Nancy Pelosi. He's a yes man for Pelosi. He does what the what the party bids and look at what that's gotten us. With the high gas prices, with the economy in shambles, the, the power of the dollar way down. We got inflation out of control. We have porous borders. We have lack of energy independence and what's happening. We have a fiscal 
deficit that's out of control, over 30 trillion right now. It's a national security risk at China, Iran, Russia coming after us. They see the administration as being weak. We've got so many difficulties and things that are happening that if we don't get the right people who hold our government accountable and say, no, stop it, enough, the federal government overreach is crazy. So there needs to be an alternative. I believe I'm that guy. And so I look forward to uh, sharing that more and winning. There are 119 more days left until the primary. And once I win that primary, it's head to head with me and Darren Soto. The choice is going to be clear. It can't be any more clear. We need to put America first and care for the people of America. How's the campaign going? Going fantastic. We are still in the thick of it. We're going everywhere, meeting with everywhere. I was just at a men's group this morning. Oftentimes, I'm out the door before the sun rises. One great thing about a candidate is you get to see a lot of sunrises. It's amazing. Uh, meeting with the people. I was at a Save a Generation tour that happened at the Rosen this past Sunday. They're all over. So Dr. Peter McCullough, we had Matt Staver with Liberty Council. He's the founder and chairman of Liberty Council, defending our freedoms. Uh, so many different speakers there. It was fantastic. I spent nine hours just working the room, telling people, sharing my story, connecting with voters. That's what we do. We're, no one's going to outwork us. And that's what we're doing. Now, you guys are working hard on this campaign. How can people help? Hey, uh, you know, first of all, you can go on to scottymoreforcongress.com. You can volunteer there. We, we need donations anywhere from $5, $10, $50, $500. You can give the max at $5,800. Not all candidates are alike. Not all Republicans are alike. You know that, Matt. You've even called out some rhinos. And so we need to choose the right candidate and get them through. I believe I'm that guy. Uh, I have family values. I'm running for the right reasons. I raised funds for a living. And so clearly I'm doing it for the mission and not for the money or power. That's what we need. We need people who care about leadership and are going to restore our leadership principles. So I look forward to you jumping on Scotty Moore for Congress. Scotty with a Y. You can see the signs back here. Please join me and be a part of this movement. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's get into the heavy. All right. Come on. Let's we bring got it. The, we got the heavy to talk about here. You mentioned your two daughters, right? I want to yes. start right there with them because Disney wants to teach them about gender studies, transgender issues, and they want teachers to go ahead and talk about sexuality all they want to. When I was in school, I didn't even know my teacher's first name. Now we got to know everything about them, who they're dating, what kind of peanut butter they wipe on their foreheads at night. I mean, we don't need to know any of that stuff. It's got to be about reading, writing, arithmetic, get these kids better test scores. The test scores are in the toilet. We got to get these kids smarter and well-educated, not the social agenda. Why do they want to attack your daughters? Their same target market with the movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, pure arrogance at its best right now. They're taking their money, their power, and their reach is not just Florida and nor is it just the United States. It's a global reach. And, you know, uh, there's a psychologist, Dr. Henry Cloud, and he says there are basically three types of people in the world. There are wise people. Granted, there are no, there's no one perfect, but there are wise people. There are foolish people, but then there are evil people. And we don't talk about the evil far enough. And some of these policies and things that are being driven are not just foolish, they're evil. When you're talking to kindergartners, five-year-olds, about different sexual orientations and pushing gender fluidity and trying to help people and even talking about puberty blockers and where things are going, that's not just foolish policy, that's really evil. And I can't determine and decide for people when they become an adult where they're at, but it is not the position of teachers nor the government to push an ideology, especially at the age of five or at any time. This is really parents' rights at its best. 
and and it's hubris. We need to call it out, and we need to. And I, I applaud Governor DeSantis. Listen, a lot of this stuff has continued on, and they're taking their California politics because that's where their corporate headquarters is at, and they're bringing it in here, and they think that they have a tremendous amount of power, and they get to. And you know what? They paid a heavy price because the Reedy Creek development, what happened, that should have never happened. That was established in 1967, and it's continued to this day. Thankfully, we're repealing that things. And so, by the way, there's a lot of disinformation out there. Do you see that? There's there's a whole disinformation campaign happening, even when the labeling don't say gay. Where in the bill does it say that? Governor DeSantis clearly called that out. They're using language as a weapon, and they're trying to push it on, and they're trying to destroy and indoctrinate our kids. And if we don't rise up, we are heading that direction. It's really dangerous, Matt. It's really dangerous. We have a lot more to cover with Scotty Moore, but for our radio listeners, we have to take a break. And you want to hear the rest of this interview on Rumble and Roku TV, the Patriot Podcast Network. We're going to be covering a lot more with Scotty, so make sure you go to thebuffshow.com, click on the Roku link or the Rumble channel to hear the rest of this interview. For our radio listeners, we'll be right back after this. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Since 2012, Cellular Tronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. Welcome back to the Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. AM 950 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando, Roku TV on the Patriot Podcast Network, and all your favorite podcasting sites. And we're going to go back to a friend of the show, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Nap, welcome back to the show. Uh, pleasure to be with you, my dear friend. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you. Um, there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about when it comes to judging. I mean, we've got Trump appointed judges overturning Biden regulations, which is great. But also, we have hit jobs on President Trump that are going on. So, so much to cover with you today. And I want everybody to check out Judging Freedom, the podcast from Judge Knapp, hard hitting legal political news. You're defending individual freedoms, respecting the Constitution. We appreciate all that, Judge Knapp. Thank you. Uh, if I could, at one o'clock this afternoon, one o'clock Eastern, uh, we have Scott Ritter, the former U.N. Uh, weapons inspector uh, who told George W. Bush there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and Bush invaded anyway, uh, and who has been saying to the world that the Russians are going to beat the Ukrainians no matter how we, much we help them. And the more help we give them, 
the more people are going to die. When Scott was on with us two weeks ago, we had 125,000 people click on a 20-minute interview. He's back on Judging Freedom on YouTube at 1 o'clock Eastern today. Okay, good. Well, we'll definitely check that out because a lot of us had questions about what happened with Iraq there. And especially since the war might have been in Afghanistan, but that's that's another story. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And uh, for crying out loud, the Russia-Ukraine situation is a mess. Seems like the more Biden does, we don't know where things are when it comes to weapons sent over there. It just seems like another quagmire for the Biden. Well, it seems, it seems like as soon as the weapons get there, they're being destroyed. I mean, uh, the, the CEO of Raytheon told shareholders just uh, late last week that that's what's happening, that the government is sending... You know, normally the government authorizes the manufacturer to sell the products to a foreign government. That's not what's happening here because the manufacturer would have to build the products. So the government is shipping its own surplus weaponry to Ukraine, and much of it is being destroyed as soon as it lands. Much of it isn't even being used before it gets into the Ukrainian hands or before the Ukrainians can actually put it to use, it's being destroyed. This, of course, pleases the Raytheon people because soon the government stockpiles will be uh, diminished and the government will place more orders with Raytheon. So um, the the argument that people like Phil Giraldi, uh, who quit the CIA, because he told Bush there was no uh, basis for the invasion of Iraq uh, and uh, Scott Ritter is that the more we help the Ukrainians, the more Ukrainians, the Russians will kill because we're prolonging the inevitable. So these are interesting arguments. I mean, this is not an argument you're going to hear on, on Fox or even on CNN, but, but it, it is an interesting uh, argument. And um, I, I look forward to exploring uh, Scott's ideas as do apparently a lot of judging freedom watchers. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. I read about this on Gateway Pundit. Why are they destroying the weapons? Well, it's actually uh, the Russians are destroying the weapons, and it's actually safer for the Russians to destroy the weapons before they're used than they're not killing Ukrainians. <laughs> so the Russians yeah. are attacking. The Russians are smartly attap- attacking weapons stockpiles which doesn't cause human death but it causes tremendous destruction of american assets now i don't blame biden i don't know what the heck biden's gonna do he's got his best friend uh in the senate who who replaced him uh senator chris coons of delaware uh joining up with senator lindsey graham of south carolina saying we need troops on the ground i mean i there there is as i perceive it no support for that, no substantial support for it in America. In fact, there'd be tremendous uh, opposition to it. But one wonders if this isn't some sort of a, of a march toward that. I mean, you do have Biden's uh, national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, saying our goal is to degrade Russia and diminish the Russian government. And by the way, we'd really like it if Putin left. Well, how do you translate that? <laughs> you, translate, you translate that to we want to get Putin out of power. He's not going to go voluntarily. He'll do anything he can uh, to stay in power. No, well, what do they want? They want to send in the seals and take him out. 
I mean, well, they, they, and Coons they are, are they are globalists. Yeah. State Department uh, are is filled with globalists. Their colleagues are in the foreign ministries of all the Western uh, European countries in NATO. And, and this mentality that they all have, and, and uh, Secretary of State uh, Tony Blinken has the same mentality, is that uh, Putin has to go and Russia has to be diminished, and war is the opportunity to do that. Now, they're not going to say that this directly, but you're beginning to hear little snippets here and little snippets there. I, I don't think Chris Coons would be saying something like this unless he had run it past his buddy in the Oval Office first. Yeah, probably not because nobody's refuting it and the the press isn't hitting them on what Chris Kuhn said Correct. too much. I mean, they're asking a little bit and Jen Psaki, the propaganda minister, always just says, oh, you know, we don't have any information for you on that time. But that's a big story if we're going to put troops on the ground. Well, sure we're we're going to start World War Three over there. We, yes. we want to talk about it. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear uh, Lindsey Graham say it, but I am surprised to hear Chris Coons. Now, Chris is a moderate Democrat. Chris is a Democrat that Joe Biden was before he became uh, Barack Obama's uh, vice president. You know, Joe and I were on a law school faculty together. I was the youngest, newest member of Delaware Law School, a full-time uh, teaching position that I had. And Joe was an adjunct professor. He was a congressman from Delaware at the time. The, the faculty thought he was a dope and didn't belong in a law school faculty. Students loved him because he has such an affable personality and he and I hit it off. Fast forward 25 years later when I'm going down to DC for Fox and I'm seeing him on the Acela and he's holding a seat for me. So he he is a very likable guy, but in those days, he was a moderate Democrat. He is now tugged so hard to the left by the crazies in the Democratic Party that the Democrats need in order to have a majority, uh, that the old Joe Biden is almost unrecognizable. Well, he's not in charge over there. That's for sure. He's more of the figurehead. And people like Ron Klain and Susan Rice and the Obama holdovers seem to be making a lot of the decisions. And a lot of judges across the country are overturning those decisions when it comes to Title 42, the drilling for uh, the oil leases. Right. Um, right. And of course, the mass mandates on planes. And Joe Biden doesn't seem to know which is which. But well, there's the, some decision making going on behind the scenes, it looks like. The mask mandate ruling uh, was one of the great rulings uh, of our time um, that a judge finally recognized that the CDC is without authority to tell us how to live our lives. I remember this is the same CDC, but these are physicians who are bureaucrats. They're like Fauci. They're not physicians who treat patients. Right. They're physicians who make regulations and occasionally spend time uh, in laboratories. And they issued a ruling saying to all landlords, you can't evict any tenant for non-payment of rent. Now, they don't have the authority to do that. The Supreme Court upheld the position. They don't have any authority to do that by a six to three vote. But the regulation they issued was around for two years but until it made its way to the Supreme Court. They similarly don't have the authority to tell us what, what to do with our faces. You own your own face. You decide whether to shave, whether to put makeup on, whether to put mascara on, whether to wear a hat, whether to wear a Halloween mask, or whether to wear a surgical mask. That's your choice. 
The CDC is without authority to compel you to do that. That's what she ruled. There are some other rulings in there, like when the CDC is, is offering a ruling, they have to publish it for 30 days to give the public an opportunity to comment on it and Congress an opportunity to nullify it. CDC didn't publish anything. They just said on a Tuesday, starting tomorrow, Wednesday, I don't remember what days of the week it was, but it was like 24 hours notice instead of 30 days. Uh, all airlines will require their will be required to have their passengers wear masks, and the operators of all airports will have to have everyone inside wearing masks, no exceptions, uh, for any reason. Boy, I wish she had issued that ruling two years ago, but she didn't have the case two years ago. It hadn't come to her. Well, that was. I'm really glad you pointed that out because that was the biggest issue out of Tampa with that judge. That was the biggest issue about how much control can CDC really have over America's. It wasn't really just about masks on travel. It was really about how much authority does the bureaucrats in Washington have, unelected bureaucrats, mind you, have over every average average American. Have you heard anything about this appeal from the DOJ on this? Yeah. Yes, Matt. And it's a very lukewarm appeal. I'll tell you why. Whenever a federal judge enjoins the federal government from doing something and the DOJ appeals that, the first thing they do is ask for a stay of the injunction. They ask the judge to hold her order back for a couple of weeks until the appellate court can review it. CDC, the DOJ didn't ask for that. That tells me a couple things. It tells me, one, they know the mask requirement on airlines is very, very unpopular. Two, they know the president's approval ratings are very, very low, and the judge's decision was very popular. Three, the CDC regulation being scrutinized expires in the middle of May. So it's only going to be around for another three weeks, even though it doesn't exist anymore, meaning if the appeal wasn't heard by the middle of May, there'd be no uh, no ruling to appeal. So uh, the DOJ uh, publicly criticized the judge privately. They know she did the right thing. No, that's good. We got to talk more about that. Also, Donald Trump, former President Trump, has been held in contempt of court in New York. We're going to talk about that for our radio listeners. We have to take a break, but you can catch the rest of this interview on our Roku channel on the Patriot Podcast Network and also on Rumble. Just visit thebuffshow.com to hear the rest of this interview. Otherwise, we'll be right back on The Buff Show. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coating services, laser engraving and more. Mention The Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. You heard about the simple math with the solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. 
an energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Welcome back to The Buff Show. Thanks for rolling along with us on this Tuesday, heading into our final segment. And Twitter recently, now the new boss hasn't taken over yet, but Twitter recently banished all ads against climate change. Kind of strange right there because this has many opinions on it. And I wanted to get dive into this. We're going to go to David R. Leggett. He's the research fellow at the Independent Institute and co-author of Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate. David, welcome to the Buff Show. Great to have you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Okay, so what were your thoughts when you first saw that on Twitter, where they're banishing uh, dissent against climate change? Well, I don't have a Twitter account, so it really doesn't bother me. But I do know that part of the issue is that you, you, the way we're into a situation is you just can't deviate from the party line. And so the party line is climate change is going to destroy the planet. It's going to kill us all. We've got to do something in the next four, eight, 12 years, whatever it is, uh, keeps moving. Um, and so, you know, if you disagree with that, you're ostracized, you're uh, excluded from the discussion. And Twitter was just one of those avenues that were closed to. Well, I look at climate change as seasons. You know, we have a hot summer and a cold winter and you know typically seasons change and we seem to be doing pretty fine even though there's way more people on earth than ever before and we're talking about one degree and you know i mean it's just seems like there's more to the discussion and there is i mean climate always changes it always has changed it always will change i mean we go through periods where we have droughts we have floods we have well you're from Orlando, you have lots of hurricanes and then we go through several years where there aren't any that, that hit florida and so essentially, you know, that's that's the nature of climate. It changes its variable, just like weather. But somehow we've gotten into the idea that climate doesn't change except when humans get involved and all climate change is bad no matter what what happens. Well, you talk about in your book, and we're going to post the link to the book for everybody to check out for sure, but you talk about CO2 when, when we talk about Florida. CO2 has not caused temperatures or sea levels to rise beyond historic rates. You hear that all the time, historic rates of rise, and every time there's a hurricane, oh, look at, there's climate change again. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, and that's, I mean, somebody once said, you know, never let a good disaster go to waste. And the idea is that, you know, every time you get, I mean, what, what I like is the snow events. So we're told uh, warming conditions will give you less snow. So this year we had low snowpack. That's clearly global change. But then you get the next next year where we have an overabundance of snow and we're told, yeah, well, that's climate change. That's global warming because warmer temperatures can bring in more moisture and you can get more snowfall. So which is it? More snow or less snow? Well, apparently both is anthropogenic climate change. And that's ridiculous. Well, more snow is ridiculous, no matter what. <laughs> I'm from well, Kansas. Or Orlando, any snow is ridiculous. I get it. 
Yeah, no, that's right. And you talk about carbon too. Carbon taxes and other solutions to the global warming crisis, quotes, would have would have had severe consequences for poor groups and nations. They they blame. I even hear them blaming terrorism on climate change because oh. of uh, harsh climate conditions. Oh, definitely. I mean, every everything is related to climate change. I mean, there's sort of a joke that we have in our group is that, uh, you know, uh, you know, something is happening and it's going to be worse because of climate change. I mean, that's just standard added on to the the um, media narrative. It's always climate change that's going to make whatever just happened that was bad even worse. Did you hear about the guy in Washington that set himself on fire, ended up uh, dying? I did. And they won't. Many news outlets won't tell you why he did that. Apparently, he took a class from um, Michael Mann, who's a professor at um, an online class from Michael Mann, who's a professor at Penn State. He became despondent. I guess he was Buddhist. And so he followed in many Buddhist monks of uh, self-immolation there at the Supreme, uh, Supreme Court. But it was because he was protesting climate change. But a lot of media outlets don't want you to know that because you think that people that protest climate change are crackpots, and we can't have you thinking that. <laughs> That's right. Well, the chopper came in to try to save them, and that was about probably $8,000 worth of fuel. Yeah. I mean, think of the carbon footprint he just created to try yeah. to save him. Yeah. And you know what's sad, David? He's not the first guy to do that. That's yeah. I mean, this this is becoming a mental mental problem. I mean, a lot of people get I mean, if you're constantly inundated with the end of the world is here, your kids have no uh, future. You know, we've got to go back to the Stone Age in order to save the planet. Um, and you're the we're the one to blame. People take some many people take it personally and and start to get anxiety. And unfortunately, some take it to a much greater extreme as this gentleman did. That's right. I remember AOC doing the speeches. We've got 12 years and the crowd's clapping and they're like believing it. Some of these people go home and have some severe anxiety about this. Yeah. And if you go back to the first Earth Day in 1970, we were told that by 1989, there would be the great American die off where about 65 million people would die of starvation. You remember when that happened? No, you don't, because it never happened. It never did. Uh, and they keep they keep this going on. We have four years. We have 12 years. I liken it to the Y2K thing. If you remember that, you know, it, it came to an end. We never heard any more about it. Why? Because it had a drop-dead deadline. If it didn't happen by January 1st, 2000, it was all over. This is never over. So if we say in eight years, you've, you've got to react because this will happen, and then eight years later, we just give you another eight. Because, you know, there, there is no, no end to this cycle. No, there's not. I remember the movie, too, Day After Tomorrow. Did you check that out? That's when climate change attacked us. Yes, uh, with snowstorms. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to cover it in class. It's the most ridiculous thing. You get a, a big low pressure, which normally creates rising motion. Instead, you get descending air. The descending air comes down so fast that it can't warm adiabatically which it does instantaneously, which is why air conditioners work. And that's when somehow this cold air from above creates massive snowstorms at the surface so deep, um, you know, they had to, they were walking on top of um, uh, malls that were covered in snow. I mean, just totally ridiculous. So you look at that movie as science fiction. That's not even possible uh, meteorologically. <laughs> no, I look at it as fiction. There's no science involved. 
Yeah, that's even better. Just pure fiction. Let's talk about some deleted emails that you've uncovered in this book, too, because alarmist client scientists have hidden their raw temperature data and deleted emails and then undermined the peer review system to squelch data. Please explain. Yeah, well, the book was actually written by Fred Singer. Um, Fred wrote the first and second edition back in 97 and 99, and then he wanted to finish a third edition before he died. And Tony Lupo and I jumped in and helped out. Uh, and unfortunately, Fred is gone. But what he's, he was talking about there was ClimateGate. And, and I personally was involved. I mean, I had a paper that we had published that led to uh, some criticism of some articles uh, that were published in the second um, inter uh, intergovernmental panel on climate change. And essentially, uh, one of the emails was that a researcher at the University of East Anglia had written to an editor and said, you never should have published that paper. Here's what I want you to do. Let's... Um, you, you let me publish another paper and then we'll block any rebuttal that they want. And that's essentially what happened is they published a paper that said we were wrong. And every time we tried to submit a paper saying, well, here's the fence of our, our argument, the editor said, no, I'm not gonna take that. It doesn't add anything to discussion. But now we know there was collusion between the, the uh, editor and the author of the original paper to keep his paper from being criticized. I see. And so this is a story that goes back quite a ways. ClimateGate, I remember hearing reports in, in prep for this interview, but also in the research we've done in the past, the world ending theory has been going on since the 50s in some situations, and it really got prevalent on the political stage, 60s and 70s. Uh, and in the 60s and 70s, you may not be old enough, but I remember it. It was global cooling. Uh, we were in a cooling period from the 1940s onto the 60s and 70s. This was a concern because with carbon dioxide, we might get warming, but the temperature has been going down. My goodness, this must mean we're headed to the next ice age. How are we going to survive? And of course, by 70s, by the 80s, things turned around. Um, the nuclear effort sort of uh, went away. The nuclear threat, uh, particularly with the demise of the Soviet Union, uh, the Union of Concerned Scientists, Sierra Club, all glommed onto environmentalism. And now the narrative, because the temperature turned around, was global warming. Global warming then turned into just climate change because they were just tired of trying to change it. And they just said, we'll just call it climate change from now on. <laughs> yeah, and then, then it's the climate disaster because climate change was too too namby pamby. You've got to you know you've got to grab people's imagination. I mean that's one of the things Stephen Schneider said in 1989 was was that we need to get lots of media coverage. Uh, and so as a result, what we need to do is not make any mention of any caveats we have. Uh, we need to overstate the case to get response. Uh, he said, concludes by saying, I hope that means being both honest and correct, um, or honest and effective. And my argument is you've got to be honest first. That's the whole point. And if you're li lying to people to get them to react, then we're, we're into a, a whole other situation that just undermines what science really is all about. Well, these alarmists are getting bolder and bolder, and now they're actually getting legislation in with billions and billions of dollars that say we have to spend this to save the planet. Spend $8 billion to save the planet. Doesn't make yeah. much sense. No, but I think there's something else going on. If you look at uh, AOC's former chief of staff, he said, you know, you think this is about climate change? 
No, this is about a how do we change the economy plan. Uh, Christiana Figueres, who used to be, or I guess still is, head of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, said, you know, for the first time, we're going to change the global economy to provide wealth redistribution. And that the head of the UN has been saying, that's exactly what we want to do is change the way in which the world thinks of economic systems. So it's really not climate change. Climate change is just the way of getting essentially this great reset, if you will, so that we can get a global socialism enacted. That's exactly the entire point right there. And that's what they're trying to do. Everyone check out the book, Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate. David Leggett, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Excellent stuff right there. That'll do it for this evening's edition of The Buff Show. You guys stay smart out there. We'll see you next time.